You're listening to Life and Leadership, a podcast designed to connect life and leadership today so that you can flourish tomorrow. And now your host, Daniel Kitchell. Welcome everyone to Life and Leadership. This is Pastor Daniel. I want to thank you so much for being with me today, where it's going to be my joy to help you lead with love so you will love to lead. Well, when I say it's my joy to do this, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. To know that you're out there listening today brings me great gratitude. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting this show. Since October, we've had 4,000 downloads of the episodes that we've produced. And because you, the listener, continue to share it out, that is how we continue to grow and gain traction. So thank you so much. Continue to push this out on your social media pages. Text that Spotify link to a friend. It truly is making a difference, and I am so, so grateful. I learned a little bit the last couple of weeks about podcasting that I didn't know that I could actually you know, see where the show has been listened to. And I found out that this show has been listened to in 23 different countries across the world. And when I saw that, I thought, man, there's got to be a mistake there or something, but it's legitimate. I, I couldn't believe it. It's just an awesome thing to consider that someone in Italy listened and someone in South Africa uh, gave this show uh, a chance. And it's just amazing. So I praise God for that. It's a really cool thing to consider that there are people listening all over the world and it just, it's, it's humbling. And so I thank God for that. And I thank you, the listener. I also want to give just a shout out to every single person I've interviewed, uh, all the shows that are there in the archives, they continue to get listened to every single day. And it's just awesome to see those numbers tick up and to know that even things we produced several months ago are still making a difference in people's lives. And so thank you to all of those I've interviewed. You're the ones that truly have made this show successful. Well, as you know, this show is located wherever you want to find your music, your books, or your podcast. Apple and Spotify continue to be the number one way that people listen to the show. But we are also on Audible. We are on Google. We are at danielkitchell.com where you can find all the episodes, show notes, transcripts, links to articles and books. It's all there to help you at danielkitchell.com. Well, you are in for an incredible treat today. I have a new friend and her name is Elaine Kohanowitz. And Elaine is a published author. She's a mom. She's a wife. She is a podcaster herself. And I'm so thankful that my path was crossed with hers because we want to speak life into all the moms that are out there. It's Mother's Day week for us, and we just want to give a gift to the moms out there to encourage them, to help them, to give them strength. And we also want to speak to the dads as well and how they can help and what it looks like for the family to come together to support mom and to um, just be there to um, give her praise and appreciation. And so that's what this episode is about. You're going to absolutely love Elaine. She's funny. She's inspiring. The book that she wrote is called Mom of Six Dies Laughing. Yes, yeah, she has six kids and she wrote a book about it. And it's pretty funny. And we're going to share some of those stories from the book. We're also just going to talk about life and we're going to talk about the hard things in the home. But most importantly, we just want you as a mom, to celebrate the wins that you have at home and with your children, and that God is proud of you. 
that's where this show is going to go today. And I just can't wait for you to hear what Elaine has to say to you and speak to your heart. Well, here is my interview with Elaine Kohanowitz. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. We're going to do a just a special show for all the moms out there as a Mother's Day week is here. And I know you have a great passion for moms and helping them and um, giving them hope and, and laughter and um, just helping them celebrate wins and success and accomplishments. And so we really want to try to go there today. And so thank you for being here. And I'm just going to let you uh, just break the ice big time here with one of your favorite <laughs> stories that we talked about in our pre-interview uh, chat. And your husband, um, now on his resume, he gets to, you know, write down that he has delivered a child before. And I think he, <laughs> said, right. he says he's an, uh, uh, a doctor. Moon, yeah, Moonlights as an OB. Yeah, That's what he always Moonlights says. Moonlights <laughs> as an OB. And so you have six children. Uh, your fifth one uh, was delivered by your husband. And so take us to that. Tell us what happened. And we'd love to hear that to start the show off. Absolutely. So, you know, at that time I had uh, four and they were seven and under when I was very, very pregnant with my fifth. And I remember going to the hairdressers because I had to get my daughter's haircut. And I'm sitting there like I look like I swallowed a watermelon <laughs> and the hairdresser says, so when are you due? And I said, oh, you know, like a couple days ago. And she looked like her eyeballs were going to like bug out of her head. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, I had to get her haircut. So we had like all the kids there and I'm sitting there. And to be honest, I was having contractions, but with four kids that young, and not to mention all the neighbor kids that were always in and out and everything else. I mean, it's a poppin' house. At that point, that whole thing about don't pick up more than 20 pounds or don't go up and down the stairs, it's just like out the window, right? Right. And so I had had like a lot of preterm labor over the weeks, you know, previous. So to me, it wasn't that big a deal. I just thought, well, more contractions, right. you know? And I did feel pretty good. I went home. I went to sleep at like 10 or 11 o'clock. And I woke up at 2 in the morning, like bolt right out of bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I thought my my middle was going to be squeezed in half. <laughs> and my husband is a night owl. Yeah. And he used to have an office downstairs. So it wasn't unusual at all at 2 o'clock in the morning for him to be up. Mm-hmm. So I ran slash waddled my way to the top of the stairs and started screaming, Ron, Ron, Ron. <laughs> and he came bolting up the stairs and called the midwife right away because we that was our third home birth. So we had the first two in the hospital, but we had the last ones, the last four were at home. Right. And so the midwife lived 45 minutes away. So he got her on the phone immediately. And I was like, okay, this is it. <laughs> I mean, I was having a really hard time and he could, it was obvious he could tell. And we always had done water births with the midwife. Yeah. And we have, yeah, we have like a pretty big bathtub, one of those kind of jacuzzi kind of bathtubs that a lot of houses have now. And she had christened it as being big enough for childbirth. So, 
<laughs> so we had been using that. And so he knew the drill. Yeah. And so we waddled into the bathroom and he got the water going. And I um, just stood there with him and I had my arms around him. Mm. And it's so crazy because, you know, like in birth, they're always like, you know, the woman's crazy and she's cussing and <laughs> she's just like, get away from me and all that. And that probably would normally have been true. But for whatever reason, I just was so happy he was there. You know, it was just, it's, it was just, I don't know, one of the most intimate, I think, moments of him just holding me and kind of just helping me while I had contractions. Oh. And we were just standing there and I had my arms around him. And, but it wasn't that magical moment didn't last very long because <laughs> I knew at some point that baby was coming and you've never seen a pregnant woman move so fast. Yeah. And I got into that tub as quick as I could and that baby was coming mm. and I knew it like they're, they're midwife or not, that baby was coming. Right. And I didn't, you know, amazingly, like I wasn't afraid. And I don't know if that's because you're just so in the moment, you don't have time to be afraid. Or if it was because I just knew that my husband was there and he, and it would be okay. Yeah. You know, because I mean, obviously he'd never delivered a baby ever, but he's just one of those guys where you just, you know, when the chips are down, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's going to rise up. And so he got grabbed the phone and he had the phone on his ear and he was holding it between his shoulder and his head. And, and then he was, you know, had his hands in the water trying to figure out what in the heck was going on. <laughs> and he was trying to talk to the midwife at the same time. And I asked him recently, I said, were you like freaking out? And he said, no, I, I really wasn't at the time because I was just like, we got to get this done, you know. <clears throat> and uh, Joe came out real fast and um the midwife was about 15 minutes away still and it it worked out we got him out of the water and and ron was holding him up and i was just like a sigh of relief right yeah. like oh well it it turned out fine but he wasn't crying and mm -hmm. he was kind of purple and of course not knowing anything about delivering a baby <laughs> we were yeah. a little bit freaked out so we're on the phone with her going, uh, is this normal? And she said, it's fine. You just need to start rubbing him and, you know, get the blood flowing and, and he'll be fine. And we did. And he started crying. But we we decided later on that we think he was actually asleep, which is so weird. Wow. But you know what? Joe is broke the mold ever since in every mm. other way. So I'm not really surprised. He was really Sorry. tired if he was asleep through his child own childbirth. Right? I um, guess he birth. was. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so Ron was, you know, pretty proud. Uh, I remember him taking the baby down the street with all the other kids in the wagon and kind of showing the baby off to all the neighbors and, you know. But I will say that by the sixth child, we had to have the midwife come at least three or four times for – you know, emergency sake, because Ron wasn't going to do that again. <laughs> One time. <laughs> once enough. was enough. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you only need that on your resume once, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what did, what do you think that uh, moment, um, looking back on it, um, what did it, what did it teach you? And, and, and what have you taken from that moment? Cause that's big. Yeah. You know, I, I do think that it it just shows that, you know, as a woman, like 
you you do things even though sometimes it's scary or crazy. I mean, you just have to do it. And the same with my husband, you know, obviously he didn't know, but he jumped right in there and figured it out. And I don't think that we definitely give ourselves enough credit as mothers for all the scary, crazy things that we have to figure out. Right. Mm. Um, I mean, you guys have three kids and I'm sure that there's been times where, you know, you had to figure things out and you don't, you don't have a choice. Right. And you know, it's the right thing to do. And so you do it. Yeah. But I think what we forget is that we did it. That's you know, good. we don't give ourselves enough credit for the fact that, wow, you know, we did this thing and we figured this thing out. I mean, we figured out how to bring a newborn home and take care of this baby. I remember being terrified with our first, mm. I mean, I never had little brothers or sisters. I never had like a lot of little cousins. I never babysat and being at the hospital. And then they were like, okay, two days now you're going home. And I'm thinking the doctor gets eight years and I, and you're just going to send me home with this kid. And I don't know anything about anything. Like what in the world do you want me to do here? I really thought in my mind that I was going to have to stay up 24 hours a day and watch him to make sure he was still breathing. Because I was so scared of SIDS. I was so scared, you know, like, and and then of course, on top of that, I've never breastfed a kid before. Yeah. And so then you, and then you're like, well, the only way they're going to eat is if I figure this out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so thankfully, you know, you do figure it out in some crazy stroke of fate. You decide to have another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the thing that's, and you can probably really speak to this and it's just crazy how God has gives per- different personalities to our kids. And, you know, I'm sure you look at your six kids, which I don't think I've mentioned exactly yet, but I, you do have six kids, which is incredible to me. We'll talk about that more. I have three and I look at how different their personalities are and it just has the fingerprints of God all over it. Same parents, oh, you know, yeah. and you got six kids and they're all different. I mean, it's just an unbelievable thing. And so, um, you know, sp- speak to that for a second. I mean, how different are your kids when you look at them? I mean, just, Oh yeah. They're all totally different. I mean, our oldest is, he's like the, he's not the CEO, but he's the operator of our company now. Actually he's 22 Wow! and he already owns, um, I think four rentals and he's 22. Goodness. (laughs) And our second oldest is amazing at graphic design and video editing and is just like totally more creative, you know, space and slower paced and, you know, just, just totally different. And then we've got, you know, one that's like a girl that's like, she's awesome and totally driven and totally type A. And then we've got a daughter <laughs> that's hilarious and could probably have her own comedy show. Right. And a son that loves to, believe it or not, that loves to sing and dance and act. Yeah. That is like, he wants to be like a voice actor. And then our youngest son, you know, loves sports. So, you know, they're just like That's totally incredible. different. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but I have an identical twin brother and his oh, name wow. is Dustin. Yeah. And he's very, very ugly, but, uh, but anyway, um, so, <laughs> but his name is Dustin. <laughs> we, um, we, uh, we're, it's just crazy how different we are. And even though we're two identical twins, we are person. Really? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, um, he's, he's very much more introverted than I am. And, um, he's a lot more humorous than I am. He's just very, very, um, 
good on his feet with humor and things like that. Yeah, witty. Yeah, (laughs) very witty and profound in that way. And it's just amazing to see God just um, just show his the variety in in people and children. And it's just awesome if parents we get to experience that. And uh, but they are all a little part of us, you know. And so when I I see my two year old son Wells and he he's definitely a, a, a chip off the old block. There's no doubt about it, but there are things I see in him and I'm like, where did that come from? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but I just think it's incredible to have the, the gift of seeing the differences in our kids and, and even my stepdaughters that are, you know, 14 and seven, um, they're just polar opposites. I mean, it's just oh, unbelievable, wow. but that's the great thing. If they were all the same, it'd be really boring, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, that does go back to just the whole like nature of being a parent and a mom, you know, like it's so much less of a goal oriented type job. And it's really so much more of like a, almost like a coaching type job, I feel like. And, you know, that's another thing that I think moms could, could kind of maybe take some time to pat themselves on the back for is, you you kind of just take for granted that you take them to soccer and you take them to dance and you take them to all these things. But first of all, you're investing in them. And secondly, you're, 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 you're like identifying their talents, right? Yeah. And trying to, to hone those or encourage those, or at least encourage the pursuit of figuring it out, right. Figuring out what their giftings are. And that's precious. Yeah. You know, that's absolutely. special. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What a, um, it's a, it's a responsibility, you know, and it's a weight that, that it's heavy, but there's so much joy there. And, um, I'm relatively new to the dad thing, you know, in the last five years, you have way more experience than I do, Elaine, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm learning and I've, I've learned, um, just through experience and, and, and a lot of things you just had, like you said, so well, kind of pulling this all back to what you said at the beginning, you just figure things out. You just have to figure things out. You said something right. at one point that um, the, the middle name of, of a mom is scary or something like along those lines. Like, yeah, you know, scary is your middle scary name. Scary is your middle name. And so what, what do you, when you say that, like, what is that? What do you mean by that? You know, I think it, it goes back to just having to, to figure out stuff in the fly. Like, you know, I remember when my second son came, you know, even though I'd finally figured out the first one, then we had a second one. And at that time I had an 18 month old and a newborn and my mom came to visit us to help me for the first week. And when she left, I like practically held on to her legs because I was just like, <laughs> don't go. you cannot leave Please me leave with me. a newborn and an 18 month old and they're both boys. So, you know, that was just kind of like insanity and I was so terrified, but thank God. <laughs> I mean, it does get better. Like you, you just, and it wasn't easy. Mm. It wasn't easy. Yeah. I mean, I had all kinds of craziness happen with the second one and it wasn't of course his fault or anything. He was just a baby, but you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, between the two of them, but yeah, you figure it out and then you go on and you do other like amazing things. You, I mean, I've had to figure out how to teach four teenagers how to drive a car. I think I should get a license for that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's big time. And you know, yeah. and, I, and I love that you mentioned that because we we look at those moments and it just seems like something we're supposed to do or whatever, but those things are big. And and I think the heart that you want to share for moms out there, especially today and and, and parents in general, but moms, we really want to 
you know, speak to your hearts today and is that you need to remember your accomplishments and celebrate your wins. And how, how do, how do women do that? How do moms do that? I, I know for, you know, and I don't want to, you know, my wife's incredible, but I, I just know that sometimes it's, she feels very defeated, you know, and yeah. you go throughout the day and your goal is just to not, you know, to keep your kids from getting pulverized by something, you know, <laughs> or, or right, you know, right, and right. just, you know, and it, that's really becomes your goal because they're just so out of sorts and it's just a crazy day. Someone's sick, someone's in a bad mood, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know defeat for uh, moms is a real feeling and there's some guilt there. There's um, not measuring up. You feel like you're doing a lousy job. And, and, and that's just, yeah. I, I feel like as a pastor, I've heard that a lot. And, and so I really want to go there with you and how do we, first of all, how do we identify our wins and, and then how do we celebrate them? And, and what does that, what does that look like for us? Yeah, I think that definitely the mom guilt is real. Yeah. <laughs> and we tend to just dwell so much on that, you know, side of things like we're not doing a good enough job. Our kids aren't doing well in school. We, you know, our relationships aren't as good as we thought they should be. We're too fat. We don't exercise enough. We don't eat right. You know, the kid, nobody likes my meals I cook. You know, there's just like so many things that we tend to dwell on. And I think that, you know, one of the quick tips that's helped me is to, when I think about kind of be more aware of my thoughts and I realize what I'm saying to myself, it helps to imagine like, would I say that to my friend? Yeah, it's good. You know, cause sometimes I think, Oh, I fat, I'm fat. I look terrible in this, you know, or something like that. Or, oh my gosh, if this kid, you know, cries one more time, what in the heck am I doing wrong? I'm, I'm a failure. I'm the worst parent in the world. I, you know, or my kids have been on media too many hours, you know, like this is, this is a disaster. Everyone's going to think I'm, you know, totally neglecting them and all those things. But if I think to myself, well, would I say this to a friend? Mm. I'd probably say, well, you know, it's no big deal. You can always get back on the treadmill tomorrow. Or I would say, you know, you know what? Two-year-olds just cry and that's just part of it. And he'll eventually grow out of it. Or, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, you probably let him on media a little bit too much, but you know, you can change the rules. You know, it's not like there's, there's not tomorrow. You know, and that it does really help because you, you'd be surprised at how, you know, negative your thought life is sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, but there's been definitely times where I have felt a lot of mom guilt. Um, there was one time during Christmas Eve when I had um, my teenager was being a big pain in the butt leading up to Christmas. Um, I don't know if you've ever had a 12 year old. <laughs> I have a 14 year old daughter. So yeah, I've, I've oh, had her yeah. at 12 too. So. Oh I yeah. You, so they can you. be quite snarky. And it was one of those things where I'd say, you know, go to bed and he'd say, whatever mom. Mm. Or I'd say, you know, go take a shower before church. Your hair looks greasy. And he'd say, your mom looks greasy. You know, oh my gosh. Like <laughs> And I was about to lose my mind. And so on Christmas Eve came around and I put him in his room. Well, my eight-year-old son 
had a meltdown because of it because they're kind of buddies. Right. So like we actually have two boys at the top and two girls in the middle and two boys at the bottom. So they're like all buds, right? Right. So when they're not fighting each other, they're fierce allies against their parents. <laughs> 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 so when the 12 year old got put in his room, the eight year old, uh, was a basket case. I don't know if you've ever seen an emo eight-year-old, but <laughs> yeah. he had a blanket covering his head and he walked over to the couch and fell down face down and was totally covered with the blanket. And I thought for a minute he was going to put on a black hoodie and some eyeliner and start listening to 21 <laughs> Pilots because <laughs> he was just so done. And yeah. so the one thing that I had really wanted to do for Christmas Eve, so here's the mom guilt part yeah. was I had realized, so when you have a big family and I guess you could probably kind of relate to just cause you have a span of ages. Yeah, absolutely. But like when the older ones are young, you do certain things with them and, and life looks a certain way. But by the time they get older, your younger kids, it's just, life is not the same. And, you know, sometimes it's sad because yeah. I think, you know, oh, do you, did you ever go to this place? Like the, this really cool children's museum, you know, did I ask my, you know, like younger kids and they're like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I know I took the older ones there like four times. Right? right. And at some point you sort of just have to accept that that's life, you know, that you can't, you, you just can't ever go back. You can't make it exactly the same. Yeah. But there was one thing that was really nagging at my conscience, and that was reading out loud to them, yeah. because I had always read out loud to the younger or the the older kids when they were younger. But when the two youngest ones, the twelve year old and eight year old boys, were little, I I really never read out loud to them, and I don't think I realized how neglectful I had been about it until they got to about that age, at like eight and twelve. Yeah. And I had just before Christmas Eve, I had gone to Barnes and Noble with my 14 year old daughter and we were looking at humorous books and we found this book that was a parody of the book, Good Night Moon. Okay. Have you ever read Good Night Moon not. to your kids? No. Okay. So it's a very popular children's yeah. book. It's probably on and our we shelves. Were, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it probably so is so <laughs> super popular. And so she had, of course, heard the book so many times she practically knew it by heart. So when we were reading this parody, we were both just cracking up laughing. <laughs> well, I went home and I asked my eight-year-old if he'd ever heard of the book Goodnight Moon, and he said, no. And I was like, oh. Oh, man, a cut. <laughs> I failed yeah. as a parent. And what was really, really like sad about it is that I think it, it had convicted me that even though I had a lot of excuses about not reading to them, that really the biggest reason was because of all the screen time that mm. they had. And, and not, not to give myself a little bit of grace when my older kids were little, there weren't as many screens. That's true. Absolutely. You know what yeah, I mean? Like changed a lot. it, it did change a lot. Mm. It was a different world. And, but, truth of the matter, that's really probably what was going on. And it was just super ironic because the parody to Goodnight Moon was actually called Goodnight iPad. Oh. And in the book, the grandmother takes all the electronic devices away from all the family members and throws them out the window to their horror. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. So, yeah. So we sure. got to Christmas Eve and the 12-year-old was in his room 
And the eight-year-old was face down on the couch. Listening to 21 Pilots, right? (laughs) You're listening to 21 Pilots. And the one thing that I'd wanted to do was read the Christmas story. And I had decided that since he didn't know what Goodnight Moon was, then we were going to start all the way back at Zachariah and Elizabeth. And we weren't stopping until we got Joseph and Mary back from Egypt. (laughs) Because I was like, if he doesn't know what Goodnight Moon was, where else have I failed? Well, by that time, it was... at we had just started reading aloud the book and right. The four older ones were in there and here I am reading to them again. And then the two youngest ones were in their room a, or face down on the couch, not listening to a word I'm saying. (laughs) And my 14 year old says, my daughter, she goes, mom, do you think, do you want me to read it? And I was like, that would be really good. Because I was feeling like pretty defeated at Uh, that point. Of course. And so she starts reading it and she's, you know, goes into it. You know, Zachariah was a priest in the temple. And then all of a sudden from the couch, we hear this. And we're like, what is going on? And my husband looks at the lump on the couch and he goes, are you okay? And there was no answer. And so she just keeps reading and she said, and he was married to his wife, Elizabeth. And then we hear, And we're all looking over there going, what is going on? So she stopped reading and then she picked it up again, you know, and she says, and they worked at the temple helping people. And then we heard it again. It got louder. And so she got louder and she started helping people at the temple worship God. And the, the, the noise just kept getting louder and louder. He was just like, and she finally had to stop and it, finally died down and we just started cracking up laughing because it was just too funny he sounded like a dying cat and he would not let her read for the life of him oh my gosh (laughs) and it was just like right like just the irony of it you know like here i am wanting to like read to them and i started feeling like oh my gosh you know this is never gonna happen i'm like you know, the worst mother in the world for ruining their childhood. <laughs> and then I started thinking, you know what? Maybe I'm the best mother in the world for surviving their childhood. Wow. Maybe this is all on them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I started feeling a lot better yeah. and finally let our 12 year old out and <laughs> let him out. We, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get very far in the reading right. thing. That was just kind of a disaster. But I will say that after Christmas Eve, uh, the snarky comments died down because he got laryngitis. (laughs) (laughs) God took care of that for you. Yes. Thank you, God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, so (laughs) that's good stuff. I've I've had those moments before where you have these, you know, Norman Rockwell visions in your head of what it's supposed to look like and you're going to have this great dinner or you're going to go out and have a good time as a family or whatever. And it just completely collapses because the sun was too hot or, you know, or, or my t-shirt is feels weird. And, and it just oh, the whole gosh, thing yeah. into a, a spiral. And so I love what you said though. Like you should celebrate the fact that you survived that, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think that that's, that's a great way to, to um, have better thoughts about yourself. And you mentioned the words. I, I think it's really important that you, you said something about, you know, the negative thought patterns that you can have and how you have those 
toxic thoughts about yourself and you would never say those to a friend or you would never yeah. say those to your daughter. And Absolutely, so why yeah. do we, why do we allow them to be said to ourselves? I mean, what do you, why do you think we open that door and allow that to happen? Well, do you think I we think deserve it? Fallen, first yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, Absolutely. and unfortunately, and I, I know I'm guilty of this. There's, there's definitely been times where I, I know, have you ever heard that analogy? Like, um, you know, Satan, will, I can't remember, maybe you remember exactly, but like Satan, you know, is like a bird. He, he might try to get in your hair, but as long as you don't let him build a nest in there, yeah, you know, then like he's going to tempt you. But, but I, unfortunately I feel like we so often build the nest. I mean, I know that I'm guilty of it mm. and we allow him to have strongholds because, and I think it's like a lot of it's unknowing. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause like we're having these thoughts and we're just not cluing in on them and we're repeating them to ourselves over and over and over. Mm. And I was just talking actually to, um, Sue Coral, she's a uh, head of uh, uh, Crown of Beauty Ministries, and she was talking about how you know we we let Satan do that, we let him get in, and then we we start reacting and behaving in a way that's reflective of those lies, right? Yeah. And so that's why it's it's so important that we take a little bit of time to you know reflect on that and to to start saying, wait a minute. This isn't okay. And one of the things she said that I thought was really convicting and powerful was that the word of God is true. And that when we don't, uh, you know, believe it, mm -hmm. that that's, that's a sin, you know, like God wants us to believe the truth, but it's very difficult when it comes to our own self-reflection. Yeah. You know, because if I think um, I failed as a parent, and in whatever ways I continue to tell myself that, and God wants to speak to me, no, you're, I'm proud of you. Mm. I mean, I don't know about you, but that is hard for me to accept. Sure. That God's proud of me. Mm. But it's kind of a cool concept to think that we, in obedience, we need to accept it. Yeah. And like embrace it, right? Absolutely. Well, and I and, think too, I, Whenever I hear the words, well, God's proud of me, I, I thought my mind immediately just confessing this is it goes to how is that possible? He knows everything about me. He knows my yeah. thoughts, my intentions, my motives, all my sins and failures and, and fail, you know, and just falling short and how in the world could he be proud of me? And so I'm just letting you know, that's where my mind goes immediately. Oh, yeah, No, um, that's where my mind yeah, goes too. So, yeah. And, but you know, how do you accept that, that it's reality, you know, and. What does that look like in a practical sense? Well, I think that there's several probably ways that that could look. I mean, <clears throat> one is, again, the one that I talked about, you know, which is kind of just transferring, you know, those thoughts into something that's more encouraging. You know, I think, though, that sometimes there's definitely things that are rooted that we need maybe more help with. Yeah. And that's where I think like a lot of churches have healing ministries and that kind of thing where we really do need to like identify the lie and let God speak the truth to us. Mm. And sometimes those things can be rooted in forgiveness, you know, because if you have a, 
a bad reflection of yourself in whatever way that looks like, um, or a bad reflection of others. Um, sometimes it's rooted in something that's happened in the past, but we just, it's hard for us to recognize it. And that's why it's helpful. I think sometimes to have other people praying for that's us. That's really and, good. And speaking with us. Yeah. Um, so those things for sure. But like, I guess on a, like a more practical note as well, I like to encourage women to write down their wins mm. and like a fun way to do this is actually get together with some friends and make a text group and just set a certain number of days. Like we're going to do this, you know, for 14 days or 21 days or 30 days or whatever. And every day we're going to text out three things we're grateful for and three wins that we have for that day. Mm. And it's amazing. Like when you have to focus on that, how A, it starts to transform your thinking and B, it's so encouraging to encourage others, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy to be negative to yourself, but when it comes to your friends or your family or, you know, whoever you, you decide to do it with, you, you don't want to put them down. Yeah. You know? And so it kind of gives you a different perspective on it because you're encouraging them, they're encouraging you. It also, I feel like, just puts a little bit of funny in it because mm. we tend to take ourselves like way too seriously. Yeah, Get, yeah. Give yourself some grace. Don't take yourself too seriously. I like it. Right. Well, and I, and your yeah, your, your kids won't take yourself you seriously, so you might as well just forget <laughs> about it. <laughs> That's good. Well, and I think as well when you talk about you know um, encouraging other people, other women, other moms, it also just squashes competition. Because I think a lot of women, um, moms, they they see these cookie cutter, perfect lives on Facebook or Instagram. And they think I'm not that mom. I don't bake cookies. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not as fit as she is or whatever. I mean, I think those things are real. But I think when you start complimenting people and encouraging people, those walls just come down. You know, I think that's really awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I think it brings up the point that our struggles are what's connect, what connects us. That's good. Yeah. There's a common struggle there. And and, and people are um, always going to, you know, put their uh, their best foot forward on Facebook and um, the, through the filters and the <laughs> and the angles. And, right, you know, and yeah. so you always see this polished version of people and you don't really ever see what really goes on behind you know, the scenes and the curtain. And, and I think that social media has certainly magnified uh, those feelings of mom guilt and, and, uh, and all of that. I don't think there's any doubt that it's been completely blows up because of that. And absolutely. Do you you think that's true? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if you dig around on my Instagram, you can see my uh, dirty laundry room. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the background. I always tell people if you, if you read my book, if nothing else, you can at least laugh at all my mistakes. (laughs) Well, I think that if we can just get past the getting past the, the feeling that we have to have this image of perfection and, and that everything's put together and everything's great. Um, I think it will just really settle our souls down a lot. And I think that goes obviously for moms, but I just think that's for everyone, you know, that we're yeah, it's constant sure. state of comparison of I'm not as good as them, or I don't have what they have. And, um, and I think that leads us, leads us to some very um, sinful thinking too, you know, of coveting about other people mm-hmm. and, 
what they have. And so um, I think letting your guard down through encouragement and compliments is, is a way to really go after that and combat it, you know? So do you have anything else well, about that? You, well, I was just going to say, like, if, if you think about it too, and I think, cause this touches on what you said about, about the competition. I mean, let's say that you're going to choose in your mind, you know, five people to do this text group with, well, who are you going to pick? I mean, you're going to pick the people that are going to push you closer to Christ, right? You're going to pick the people that are real, that you can be real with. Mm. And, you know, those are the kind of people you want to be around anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I want to talk about your um, great statement. You know, don't, you can't take yourself too seriously because your kids won't either. So, (laughs) so that's really good stuff. And I have to say when I was, you, you wrote a, you wrote a book that's hilarious and, called mom of six dies laughing. And we're going to link to that in the show notes and people can check that out, buy it on Amazon and go to your website, all the great places to go and check that book out. And, uh, you sent me an advanced copy of it. So I got to read through it, but, um, you know, you, um, you know, you really dive into the, just finding the humor and all the things and being okay, laughing at yourself and, um, and being at peace at that with that, excuse me. And, um, you have to tell your, your story of, um, you know, the, um, the label maker story and, oh my you, know, gosh, you know, it's just good stuff yeah. about just a classic <laughs> example of, you know, just maybe a mom fail that ultimately just, you, you, know, have, to you have to, you have to laugh <laughs> at it. So what, what happened with that? <laughs> yeah. You guys so are we were, Trust me, you're going to love we, it. Oh man, we were getting ready for bed and I think the kids were probably like, oh, maybe 12 and under. I'm not sure. But they were like kid age, right? And we were kind of messing around. I was wanting them to go to bed. You know how bedtime is? Like, it's like a, it's like a rebellion. You know what I mean? Like, you have to go to bed? What are you, what are you saying? I I don't think I understand English anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in a pretty snarky mood. So I wasn't really pushing them too hard, but they were in there brushing their teeth. And I thought it'd be funny if I got the wooden spanking paddle down and just started swatting them. And I wasn't doing it like, you know, you're in trouble or anything. I was just being playful. And then they were trying to get it away from me and trying to swat me. And we were joking around and just kind of having, being funny. And I had just got this label maker and I was so excited about it. I don't know. Any mom out there, like a label maker is like the ultimate organization tool. (laughs) It's a good Mother's Day gift. So you guys go buy one. There you go. There you go. And so I just got it and I just thought it would be so funny to write weapon of mass destruction and put it on the spanking paddle. Yeah. (laughs) So I went to the kitchen and I got out the label maker and I started typing it out. And then, of course, I print out this beautiful, pristine piece of, you know, label with everything printed perfectly. And I pull off the back and I lay it neatly onto the wooden spanking paddle. (laughs) And then I looked at it and I realized that I had left the M off of mass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it just, it was so funny. And it was just so disappointing because my husband wasn't there and the kids were too little to appreciate the joke. (laughs) So I couldn't even share it with anybody. (laughs) Well, you labeled it correctly, right? Yes, (laughs) I did. Good. Well, well, I I love it because, you know, you got to laugh at yourself, even though, no one else was laughing, but when I, oh yeah, <laughs> when I when I read that story, I just I, I was I was laughing. Uh, you know, not That's the awesome. fake LOL. You know, you text your friends, but 
I was legitimately laughing. I just thought that was hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and I think it's just a, a fitting, you know, moment to, you know, it's just, it's okay to, to give yourself a little grace and, um, you know, to, like we said, not take ourselves too seriously. And, um, and so I want to, um, you know, kind of go, um, maybe on the spiritual side of things with you a little bit. And, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, you have, uh, in your book that I think was a really powerful chapter is, is the one that talks about focusing on the whole, the holy, you know, focusing mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. holiness. And, and I think when we hear the word holiness, we, we often think Sunday school, we often think, you know, going to church and reading our Bible six hours a day. Um, mm-hmm. one of the, the refreshing things that I read from you was that you're just encouraging moms to find God in the everyday moments. And yeah. just in the regular things that you have to do and finding him there and getting creative with it. And I would love yeah. to talk to us about that because I, I just read it and it was just so simple, but yet so to me could be life changing for a mom and trying to find those moments of holiness in the middle of the chaos. That's awesome. Yeah, I really hoped to kind of release some pressure, I suppose, yeah. you know, and and. Again, I think it's one of those things where we we don't count it kind of unless it's we got up at, you know, six in the morning and read for 20 minutes of our Bible and prayed, you know, and that is very powerful. Like I would definitely encourage you to do it, especially if your kids are at an age where you can. Now, if you've got two year olds that are up at six in the morning, (laughs) 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 you know, that's where you kind of like you said, you have to get creative And I think, again, you shouldn't like not count, I suppose. I don't know a a better way to say it. The other things that you are doing or could be doing, you know, to refocus your mind on Christ. And yeah, I mean, we talked about, I try to give as many practical ideas as I can, I could. Um, For example, like just having Christian music on in the house, um, going in the stroller and, and having maybe your, your, you know, ear pods in or your earphones and, and listening to like Christian podcasts or listening to the Bible. Um, there's a lot, tons of apps now that you can do that. Of course, yeah. Um, just, uh, going to church and even volunteering, you know, is also helping you focus on God. If you can't get the Bible in for yourself, you can always read it to your kids. And I, I always felt like that sometimes I got more out of that because they would ask questions or I would want to explain things or they would ask things I didn't know. And we might have to, you know, look something up or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just listening to something that draws you closer to Christ in the car. And sometimes even I feel like just going, being quiet, you know, just going on a car ride. Um, I find the car to be an excellent way to escape from your children. (laughs) (laughs) Even now. Yeah. That's a great windshield time. You know, it's good for you. Yeah. And and, you know, sometimes I, you know, you have your best moments when you can kind of just zone out and pray Mm -hmm. or think and let God speak to you. Um, and, you know, you can do tons of things with your kids as well that just just helps refocus them on Christ. I have a, a friend that they love to dance, and so they'll put on worship music, and she's got a bunch of younger kids, and they'll all dance, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, all of that does 
put Christ into your thinking and into your life, like it, it all is helpful. I mean, sometimes even like I've read even like, you know, Christian fictional type books or I I mentioned, you know, and I'm sure you've probably seen or heard about the chosen, which is a a show that's out now. You know, I mean, I think all that is awesome. Like, I mean, I feel sometimes like watching that show, The Chosen, makes me closer to Christ than just reading it in the Bible because I get to see it in real life. Yeah. You know, I get to see him interact and and be funny and and be real and you know, it's all those things. It's an incredible show. So, it's an incredible show, The Chosen is. Yeah, and, and I've we've watched it with our youngest too. Yeah. Well, and and yeah, it, yeah, okay, I've had to drag them a little bit, yeah. but after they see had seen the first few episodes, they really liked it. Well, and know? also just when you go and you've watched that show and then you um then you do read, you know, the the gospels and it just it just really gets the visuals going in your mind, you know, and that's uh there's that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. For sure, for sure. So yeah, don't don't be afraid to to think of creative ways to, you know, bring Christ into your life. It doesn't have to be one thing or the other. It has more to do with how God speaks to you, I think. Yeah. And lots of little things, like you said, just little things here and there. I think that's so powerful. You know, we think we have to have these big, you know, grand moments and um like I, I referred to earlier, just we have to have these two hours a day doing this one specific thing. And, you know, when my son wakes my wife up at six, six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> she's not in the mood for quiet time. I promise you. <laughs> doesn't, uh, she just wants to sleep and get caught up a little bit and, and catch her breath, you know. But right, I think right. there's nothing wrong with being creative and, and thinking outside the box in those little moments because you, you do need to refuel. You've got to you got to feed your soul because it's, it's being taken out of you, the, the life and the energy and, you know, dealing with kids all day long. It's tough. And I see it um, every single day. Any other practical things that you want to lay at our feet about, you know, just uh, those... lock yourself in the bathroom. That's always a good one. <laughs> Definitely done that a lot. Lock yourself in the bathroom. I think I remember the pastor one time he, they did a skit about that. And the wife was in his, in, in the bathroom, folding laundry, about to lose her mind. And the husband's outside, you know, knocking on the door. And then the kids are knocking on the door. And, and I remember the pastor came up who, by the way, never had kids. And he was talking about how funny it was. And I was like, that is not funny. <laughs> Because I've been there. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think you said something when I talked to you the first time that uh, it's okay to just, you know, you might have to sneak out of the house just to get away, you know, and not like run away and abandon your kids. But you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. In those moments. Oh, yeah. There was one time when I decided that I would sneak out on a Saturday morning to get groceries and like just a few, just a couple, (laughs) because I had a child that would not ever leave my side whatsoever. He was totally attached to my hip. And thankfully he, we still, we had a lot of older brothers and sisters. So he was sitting on the couch with them watching cartoons. And my husband, it was a Saturday morning. So he had just woke up, but he was still laying in bed. And I thought it's early enough. They're all cool. They're watching the cartoon. No one's going to notice. All I have to do is get past the couch to the kitchen and out the garage door and I'll, it'll, it'll be okay. So I did. I got. I snuck at, and of course, you you got your hand on the handle of the door that you know opens to the garage, and you're looking back surreptitiously to just make sure no one's noticing that you're leaving. Oh. And then you get in the van, and then of course you're terrified that they'll hear the garage door. Yeah. 
Because, like, that's the sign, right? <laughs> I'm being abandoned. <laughs> and so I get the garage door open. I, I get out and I get into the street and I'm pulling away. And I'm thinking, I did it. I made it. I escaped for 15 minutes. And as I look back in the rear view mirror, my son, who was like four years old at the time, comes bursting out the front oh, no. door. And my husband comes bursting out after him in his underwear, chasing him down the street. <laughs> And I did not stop. <laughs> All right. You did. You didn't pull over. You just kept going. I just kept wow. going. <laughs> and you were, the thing that's so funny is that you were just going to buy groceries. It's not like you were going to go get your hair done or, you know, or go get a massage. Right, right. Just, oh, I was probably just picking up milk. I mean, yeah. I knew better than to be gone for two hours, right? <laughs> well, I think it's good to to let the moms know that those those little moments are important and they're okay. You shouldn't feel guilt about that. You know, you got to get away. You uh, got to get away. You got to take a breath. Um, and, and going. Besides, go it only took my husband a quarter of a mile to catch up with him. And he's a runner anyway. He was fine. <laughs> In his underwear, right? It's good. In his underwear. It's good. Your son or your husband? <laughs> <laughs> my, my husband was oh, okay. in his underwear. Got it. Okay, got it. I wanted to make sure that we had that correct. That's a very important <laughs> detail. So, um, well, I love, um, you know, going, you know, just back quickly to, you know, finding God in those little everyday moments and throughout the day, whenever you can, um, you know, just aware of it is, is the verse that's even in your book. I love it. Um, from Psalms uh, 139 and, you know, it's written that it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee, uh, from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you're there. And so I, I love that verse in Psalm 139. Uh, verse seven, that wherever we go, I mean, God is not far from us. He's right there. And, um, and that's just such a, a, a precious truth that we just don't think about enough. He's not at church and sure. some location. We have to go find him there. He's with us when we're washing the dishes, when we're changing a diaper, when we're driving to the grocery store with our mm -hmm. husband chasing our kid down the street. I mean, those <laughs> moments are, we just have to be aware of it. And I think that's the most important thing is, is opening our eyes to it. Anything no, else that's about powerful. that? No, um, that is powerful. No, I, I think you're convicting me. I, I need to remember that today. Yeah, well, I, and I do too. Trust me. Trust me. We, we, we all do for sure. Um, so I, um, you know, I love, um, there's a book, and I, and I just feel led to say this to um, all the moms that are listening and, and, and all the women as well that might just be, you know, tuned into the show. One of my favorite books of all time is um, the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. I don't know if you've ever read mm. that book or not before, Elaine. No, I've heard of it, but I haven't ever it read it. It is just, um, it, 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 it changed my life. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. And he really deals with um, just, you know, issues of masculinity and what it means to really be a godly man. And, but one of the most powerful chapters in that book is John Eldredge says that, you know, God created everything and he made it all. And when he got through creating Eve, he made nothing else. Hmm. She was it. And he, he refers to her Eve as the crown of creation. Oh, that wow. she was the final piece of everything he had done. And it was like, God was saying, I made a female and I can't make anything better than that. Mm. And I have, whenever I read that for the first time, I, I was just overwhelmed by those words 
that, you know, God made this final masterpiece in creation and said, you're the best I could do. You're, you're everything mm-hmm. that I could ever create. And, and so I just, you know, I want all, all the ladies out there today to hear that, you know, and maybe you haven't heard that in a long time and maybe never heard that before in your life, but you are God's, yeah, that's awesome. God's daughter. You're his, his crown of creation, the, the crescendo of all the music that um, he has um, made. And he said that it doesn't get better than you. And <laughs> even on your worst day, it's such a powerful truth. And um, that book just uh, really nails it in that regard. And um, and so I say that to you, Elaine, I say that to my wife. I, I say that to all the, the women that are listening today, that uh, God has special thoughts and feelings about you. That's beautiful. Any thoughts about that at all that you'd like to share, just how that might impact you as a mom? Yeah. I mean, I think that it it's, powerful i mean wow that's such a reminder of how like god is using us and we don't even appreciate that sometimes yeah absolutely you know and i think Mm -hmm. that we just have to and that's what the enemy does and just whispers things to us that are not true that um you're not good enough you're you're not beautiful um and all those things that we let those negative thoughts creep in and god is saying the exact opposite of that Mm -hmm. you're my daughter um and it doesn't get better than you. And um, I just think it's huh. worth it's repeating beautiful. a thousand times. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, and I have one final selfish question to ask you, and then I'm going to let you kind of, <laughs> you know, bring everything to a, a close and, and share your heart with anything that you feel like you would love to leave with us. But, you know, I'm a dad and I'm a husband. Um, and I would just say, you know, for all the dads listening, I think we all would be, um, very much wise to ask you the question of how, how can we help? What do we need to do better? And what, what's some advice you can give husbands and fathers to help with these things of mom guilt and, um, and not being able to, you know, see the wins that you have and what's our role and how can we help lead that and help in any way? Well, you know, I think that husbands, I suppose just like wives, like we're so close to each other that mm-hmm. like if if my husband is disappointed with me or I'm disappointed with him, you know, we feel that so much more profoundly than if it's like a coworker right. or a friend or something like that. And sometimes it's not even that they're actually disappointed. Sometimes it's just that, you know, we're not giving the love or feeling the love kind of, you know, and <clears throat> I would definitely say as a mom that, you know, when your husband praises you, I mean, that is just gold because you don't get that a lot, especially as a mother. Mm. And, you know, if they tell you that, then that is just so meaningful. And that, that is definitely something, you know, that husbands could take away, you know, for Mother's Day or for any day, yeah. but just, you know, to encourage them that you're, that you're proud of them, that you love what they're doing with the kids, that they're beautiful. Just, you know, that you, you respect all the things that they've done, you know, that you appreciate their food. I mean, yeah, so that's no a big kidding. one. <laughs> if they cook, you might be the cook, I don't know, but a lot of marriages, <laughs> no, it's no, them. yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, just that appreciation and, I think it's just like anything, the, when you're appreciated, you tend to give it back, yeah. right? And guys need that just as much. Absolutely. For sure. 
That's really good. I mean, the two words I just kept hearing was praise and appreciation, and we just don't do it enough. And and I just think it's so sad sometimes how we are so prone to withhold compliments. And I don't know why that is there uh, in us. Uh, we're, we're sometimes we we just struggle to tell people they're doing a good job and that we love them. We're thankful for them. And and so I think all the dads out there, um, husbands, I mean, we we just have to do a better job of saying you're doing a good job and I'm thankful for what you've done and all the work you do. And uh, oftentimes I just, uh, my, my wife will tell you this, I, I'm learning so much, but I try to tell her all the time, just through a random text or whatever. And I just say the same two sentences over and over again. I just say, I love you and I love my family. And I just try to oh, tell her that a lot, beautiful. you know, and it's just kind uh-huh. of my thing. And um, I just think it's important that she knows that. And I don't mm-hmm. do it as much as I should, and I want to be sharper and, and more aware. But um, reality is that men, we, we've got to show more praise and appreciation, and we breathe life into um, our wives' hearts when we do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Anything else about that that you just want to share in that regard? Well, you know, um, one of the things I like to joke is that my husband said that he loved me when he married me and he'll let me know if anything changes. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely don't follow that line of thinking. That'll get you into trouble. (laughs) So, um, no, actually, he's amazing. His name's Ron, right? Complimentary. His name is Ron. Yeah. Been married how long? 25 25 years. 25 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, um, I honestly will have to say that it's easy, especially over time, to just, like you said, not think about doing that. Mm -hmm. Just not even think about those things because you just sort of live and you're going through the motions and, you know. And then when you have tough times, it's even harder. And I will say I have to give my husband props. He has... um, he comes from a, actually a very negative family mm. and like it, he has worked so hard to be positive. And especially in the last few years, he has worked really hard to be complimentary. And I almost have, I, I definitely have gotten to where I'm having a hard time keeping up with them. Like I, I am definitely not been as complimentary to him. So yeah. I have decided lately that I'm going to change that and work on that. And, but, but it, it is powerful it does, you know, make a huge difference. And you're right. We just don't think about it. I don't even know why. Yeah, it's, definitely. It goes back to that thought thing, right? We tend to dwell on the negative. Yeah, it's our thought. It's the fall. It's it's you know we're sinful people, and we just I don't know. It just it, there's no other explanation for it than that that we have to fight back well, against it. For sure, and it you know one of the things that I had heard recently that I have really been trying to take to heart is this idea that life is a war. Mm. You know, that if you, if you, instead of thinking about, for example, your, your marriage or your kids or your work or whatever it is, as that thing needs to fulfill me, what if you went into it from the beginning, knowing that it was going to be difficult and you were going to have to fight for the good times? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And it, it's helping me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's helping me instead of feeling like, oh, you know, 
I'm not, I'm unhappy all the time or I'm, I'm, you know, that, that person isn't fulfilling me enough or they're Mm -hmm. not spending the right kind of time with me or whatever it is, you know, it's helping me to think differently about, well, what, what do I need to do to make this situation better? Mm -hmm. Right. Or how can I be appreciative of all the little things that that are happening that are good? Because I know that those are special. Cause you know, if you think about a war, you know, it's mainly going to not be good. Yeah. But it's going to be those those little times that are going to be precious. That's going to be special. Yeah. And I think that that it's helpful because it, it kind of changes your perspective on, uh, from me to service, I guess, and appreciation. Yeah, that's really good. I like it just knowing the expectation that it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. You know, and yes, uh, and that's yes. that's a that's a great way to change the way you think about just the struggles of parenthood. And, and, um, I like it. It challenges me for sure. That's really good. Well, I, um, I want to just, is there anything else that you'd like to, to drop at our audience's feet today and any other final just thoughts at all you'd like to share? I would just say on mother's day, mom, make sure you, you get a break and do something fun and relaxing because you deserve it. (laughs) That's good. That's really good. And, and let's, uh, you know, everybody that's uh, kids and dads out there, this, let's not make this a one day a year thing. You know, we've got to show our, our praise and appreciation every day and uh, not just, you know, buy into the commercialism of the flowers and the, the dated chocolate and all the stuff that we, you know, <laughs> that we tend to appease. Don't get her a vacuum. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Remember, we already decided label maker, right? Right. Label maker. There you go. You you know, now you have the key to her heart. That's right. right. Well, and I think I'd like to end um, just with one of the funny notes from your book. And you, at the beginning of each chapter, um, you have like some funny quotes and things at the top from, you know, people or things you've seen on the internet. And one of the ones um, that I really found profound and very funny was this one. And it said this, yes. And you're talking to moms sitting in your car alone in your pajamas, <laughs> chowing down on your favorite fast food and supersized soda while rapping along to songs about drugs and money. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get through it that way. Drugs and money is complete, a completely valid and oftentimes necessary form of self care. <laughs> right. <laughs> I saw that. Amen. I saw that quote and I was just laughing because, you know, <laughs> I, I often, my wife gets back to some of her roots growing up and some of that, you know, nineties rap and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Assuming that's what you're <laughs> referring to, but you I, could totally relate. I love the quote. Um, and I think it's just a summary that, uh, it's okay to, to take time for yourself and, uh, get the soda, chill in the car yeah. and, bump out to some inappropriate music. <laughs> Any other things about that at all? I just love it. Good stuff. Oh man. You know, just like, again, you've just got to laugh at yourself. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes she says is, you know, when I was going to be a parent, I was going to run such a tight ship and the ship is on fire. <laughs> Yeah, those are my famous last words too. My son, I'm, my son will never act like that. And God just shakes his head. Daniel, you have no idea what you're talking about. And oh, that right is right now. So 
<laughs> that is a total meme. Like, you know, when you hear the person who hasn't had kids yet talk about what they're going to do with their kids when they have kids, and you're just like, oh. mm-hmm, we'll right. see. <laughs> well, Elaine, you are a breath of fresh air with your humor and your honesty. And uh, I just, it's been an honor to talk to you today. And um, it's just been a blessing. And, and I, I really do hope this uh, show encourages a lot of moms out there and um, just to, um, you know, celebrate the wins, remember them, write them down. Uh, even the littlest things are sometimes the biggest things. And, and so I'm really glad mm, you that's came. That's cool. Really, I like that. Yeah. Really glad you came on. And um, I can't wait for uh, some of our listeners to connect with you and we'll link to everything in the show notes and they can reach out to you on your website and uh, find your book on Amazon and all the great places that you're located. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Social media too. So if you want to message me, that'd be great. All right. Well, Lane, happy mother's day to you. And yeah, thank I hope you. your six kids treat you right. <laughs> all right <and laughs> me too. <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. All thank right. you so thank much, you. Daniel. All right. Wow. What a fun time that was with Elaine Kohanowitz. I know she would love to connect with you. So check out the show notes. They're there to help you. Her website address linked to her podcast. You can buy her book from there. It's all there for you. She would love to hear from you. And I hope as you listen, you got to laugh a little bit. You you learned that you need to check that label maker spelling before you hit print. Um, also, not to take yourself too seriously because your kids really aren't either. And most importantly, though, as Elaine expressed over and over again, that God is proud of you and that you need to celebrate your wins and your victories. And I do hope this show sticks with you and helps you along the way. It is Mother's Day week. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there. We love you. We, we are so thankful for you. And as a gift to you, uh, the first three moms that shoot me an email at pastorkitchell at gmail.com, I will mail you a copy of Elaine's book, Mom of Six Dies Laughing. That'll be my gift to you and to show you our love and our care for you this Mother's Day week. Well, thank you again for being a part of this show. It's always an honor, and I just cannot wait until we're together again, where it's going to be my joy to help you lead with love so you will love to lead. Thank you for listening to Life and Leadership with Daniel Kitchell. We hope that you're with us again next time as we connect life and leadership today so that you can flourish tomorrow.